Welcome to Bare Roots, the podcast that unearths the truth. Allegedly. We're your hosts. I'm Alina. And I'm Shannon. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Bare Roots Podcast. Today, we're doing kind of like a sporty spice episode where we're talking about the curse of the Bambino. Now, for those who don't know about the curse of Bambino, we're going to dive right in, give you all the details and why people think that there is a curse in baseball. You know, is it still a thing? Is it true? Why do people, you know, hold on to this? And I just think it's a really interesting one. I talked to Shannon and I said to her, what do you think? can we do something sporty about <laughs> some sort of controversy, conspiracy? So this one's going to be a fun episode. I can just feel it. But Shannon, how are you feeling today? Feeling good. You know, out of the two of us, Alina is the sportier one. I'm not going to say athletic one. I think we're both equally unathletic. (laughs) Unathletic. (laughs) But you have a interest and knowledge of watching sports that I do not have. We're from Massachusetts. Boston Red Mm -hmm. Sox is our team. Well, well, (sighs) this is where we already diverge. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm a true Massachusetts. What's the word for a Massachusetts person? I was going to say mass hole, but. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I should know that. I'm thinking Bostonian, but I'm not a Bostonian. Anyway, I'm a true person. Sure. Yes. New Englander. (laughs) (laughs) And that is that I root for the Red Sox. If I do happen to watch a game, I will not watch it on the TV. I will go to a game, have a great Mm -hmm. time, a baseball game in person. Will I watch Mm -hmm. it on TV? No. Alina, however, (laughs) was raised, ironically, as a Yankees fan. That's right. Which is such a hard life to live, you know? it's As a kid in Massachusetts. (laughs) Yeah, it's not just like having another team that is different from everybody else. It's that one team that everyone hates and is a complete rival. So it wasn't like, oh, Alina, she's just like, I don't know. uh, She's just quirky. Padres fan. Yeah, like that's no threat. You know, it's kind of weird, but like no threat. There's a complete threat being a New Englander and being a Yankees fan. But in every other sport, New England all the way. But it's just this one thing. So yeah, this whole episode is going to be about the Red Sox versus Yankees, the whole history and where Babe Ruth falls into it. Exactly. So we're going to just jump right into it, shall we? Let's do it. So the curse of the the Bambino is really an example of what is known as a treaty curse. And that is treaty curse. I heard myself and it didn't sound like I said that right. (laughs) So Enunciate. (laughs) (laughs) So a treaty curse is basically a curse where somebody breaks an oath and then is damned with misfortune. That's kind of the overarching theme. Think if you're not a baseball or like a sports fan, if you watch the movie Holes. Remember? Madame Muzzini or something like that. She said, you bring me up to the mountain Otherwise, your whole family will be cursed. And then that whole family was cursed. And you bring Madame Zoromi up the the mountain. 
Yes. <laughs> I was wondering, because Alina put down a note of uh, talking about holes, and I was really questioning <laughs> what the holes had to do with the curse of the Bambino. It has everything to do with the curse of the Bambino. <laughs> Wow. Okay. That was, that was a really good reference, Lena. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. I thought I'd throw some pop culture in there. (laughs) (laughs) Classic film. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, we'll, we'll talk about it after. There's a lot of ties and I just want to go crazy on it, but we're just getting started. Wow. 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 Okay. So on December 26, 1919, the Boston Red Sox made the controversial decision to sell Babe Ruth, a.k.a. Bambino, one of the greatest sports heroes in American culture, to the New York Yankees. Gasp. Crowds go wild. Insane. And what followed was a dim existence for the Red Sox. So prior to this, the Red Sox had won five of the first 15 World Series titles in the major leagues. And Ruth was a member of three of those championship teams. He was so good. You know, everybody loved Babe Ruth. Mm -hmm. There's candy named after him. You know, this is a household name, even for people who don't watch sports. You know who Babe Ruth is. Mm -hmm. He he was a proficient pitcher and sometimes slugger. He was the winning pitcher in two of the six games in the 1918 World Series. And this kind of gave him this confidence to ask for a raise, basically. Mm. Mm -hmm. He also was kind of slacking, like we found that he was arriving late to spring training and stuff like that. So he he knew how good he was, you know, after Ruth negotiated a three year, twenty seven thousand dollar contract, which crunched the numbers. And that was four hundred and sixty two thousand dollars today. And he went on to finish a distant sixth in the American League in the 1919 season. So he got a big raise. Yeah. You know, that's nothing to scoff at. But after that season, he wanted to double his salary. And this is when things got a little bit hairy. The Red Sox owner was Harry Frazzi, and he was a theatrical producer and director who fun fact he did come from new york city so there are some people who think he kind of wanted to break down the red Sox from the inside kind of mm-hmm. deal but he was already he bought the team in 1916 which he was in debt for and then he needed cash to finance his plays and it would this play would go on to be a successful broadway hit called no no nanette because of this he you know tight on cash everything babe ruth is asking for double what he got paid he agreed to sell the rights to ruth or sell the rights of ruth to the yankees and they had never appeared at the world series before they were like no name they got him for 1.7 million dollars Which is wild to think that he got $1.7 million in today's money. So I guess, I mean, compared to today's standards, he wasn't asking for that much. But I still can't imagine, you know, this is 1919. This is a lot of money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So immediately after they sold him to the Yankees, we had a sudden switch of the two teams winning streaks. The Yankees went out to win four World Series with Ruth, and then another 22 before the end of the century. And as you've probably all heard, the Red Sox plunged into decades and decades long of frustrating losses. In the 84 seasons after the Ruth sale, the Sox reached the World Series just four times, 
1946, 67, 75, 86. And they lost each one in the seventh and final game. That's so demoralizing. In 1986, the Red Sox were one strike away from the title after a 5-3 lead over the New York Mets in the 10th inning of the sixth game. Then there were three straight singles, a wild pitch, and a dribbler that rolled through first baseman Bill Buckner's legs to lose the game. I don't know anything about what I just said, but (laughs) (laughs) it was crazy. (laughs) It was wild. Imagine being one strike away from winning the series, like winning the World Series, because when you're put into they play seven games so obviously it's like the best out of four yeah but they must have had a leg up so they must have had three already and then the other team must have had two so it was like okay one strike let's do a fly ball let's just get them out and honestly the chances of even scoring a point I mean it's five to three like they have to score two just to even tie the game Never mind Mm. win the game, you know? So to just get the singles, like, one after the other, we're hitting, we're going. And then, like, okay, here we go. We got, yes, this ball, you know, went and fell on the ground and is going towards the first baseman who is about to, like, you know, gets the first out. That's all he needed was one more out. Yeah. And then to think that this guy just, the ball just goes right through him. That sucks. I feel so embarrassed. So embarrassed. I would hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it was crazy. And the supposed supernatural effects of this Ruth sale were given the former curse of the Bambino branding. I mean, it seemed valid. Certainly seemed like a curse. But fun fact, the term curse of the Bambino did not come into practice until 1990 after a book was published by the same name. So that's when they, the term was coined, but we had been, that had been a curse for what, 70 years prior to that. So yeah. wild, wild, wild. So wild. Before we get into just the whole ordeal of the curse and diving more into it, we got to first hear a word from our sponsors. Alrighty, and we're back. So right now, they might have not coined it, like you said, Shannon, earlier, the curse of the Bambino, but they knew something was happening, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how could... It's not like they went to the World Series game four times and they just lost, you know? It wasn't that. It was they lost so horribly. Just freaky things happened that, like, shouldn't have happened. It wasn't like, yes, like, the other team was up and they just couldn't, you know, pull their weight. No, they did. They had every reason that they should have won, but things just kept happening where it wasn't. So... People were trying to come up with all these different types of methods to reverse the curse. One, someone placed a baseball cap on top of Mount Everest and they burned a Yankees cap at its base camp. (laughs) Maybe, you know, who knows the physicalness of it all. There was a finding of a piano that was owned by Babe Ruth that he had supposedly pushed into a pond near his Sudbury, Massachusetts farm. And that's actually called Home Plate Farm. Cute. (laughs) So cute. 
1976, there was a woman named Lori. I think it's it's Cabot. I don't know. I'm getting this like French <laughs> silenty, but it could be Cabot. The official witch of Massachusetts um, was brought in <laughs> to end a 10-game losing streak. While the losing streak ended, the curse of the Mambino did not. So she kind of did her job, but like didn't do the big overarching thing, which was the World Series. So I looked up, I mean, you have to double check when you see the term, the official witch of Massachusetts. Yeah, what does that mean? I mean, we got Salem, Massachusetts. It's like, that's quite a you know, level. Yeah. So she has her own little website, you know, it's exactly what you would picture it to be. Mm-hmm. And apparently she used to have a shop in Salem and I don't know who coined her the official witch of Massachusetts. It might've been herself, but she definitely, when you think of which you think of her, like she's exactly mm-hmm. who you picture her to be, but it did make me wonder if we had official <laughs> witches of every state. And, you know, like we have official flowers and birds. Like, do we have official witch? (laughs) Like Miss Massachusetts, Miss Tennessee, but witch. And no, we do not. It's just a Massachusetts thing, which I guess does add up. But (laughs) (laughs) I guess we should. I would think that we should have one for at least every New England state, but we don't. And then we got some of these players coming in, right? Because at some point you've got to ask yourself, man, this has been happening for decades. Uh, Is this thing real? And there was a former uh, Red Sox pitcher, Billy, and he actually suggested that the Red Sox should exhume the body of Babe Ruth, transport it back to Fenway, and publicly apologize for trading Ruth to the Yankees. And he thought this would have been the thing to seal the deal, right? Which is like, I get it. I don't know if we need to do the whole thing, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's quite that's quite the uh, <laughs> effort. And yeah. Um, I really feel like it could go one of two ways. You know, you could reverse the curse or you could strengthen the curse. You know, that's mm-hmm. it's a gamble. It's a gamble to yeah. um, mess with somebody's remains. Totally. Yeah. Would not recommend. But the next one is, I don't know. I just found this super fascinating when reading about it. Yeah. Because I did not know about this. I knew in 2004 this happened, but I did not know this happened beforehand and that is (laughs) some declared that the curse was broken during a game on august 31st 2004 and you have to think playoff season well world series playoff season ends in october so it's like we're creeping into september which is like you know you got you're ready to start the postseason when a foul ball right hit by manny ramirez flew into specifically section nine box 95 row aa and struck a boy's face which is actually horrible like they really do try to prevent that from happening um, and they really have all those nets that's genuinely a fear of mine and it knocked two of his teeth out genuinely my fear genuine like imagine you're just eating genuinely Oh, I said genuine, not genuinely. No, no. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> what? We just keep saying genuine. Did I say something? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I didn't even read that word. I'm like, that came from my own mouth. <laughs> Scary. Yeah. Just imagine you're just eating a hot dog and all of a sudden a ball just comes at you. Scary. 
But this guy, okay, get it? So he's 16 years old. His name is Lee Gavin. And he's just like a Boston flit, a Boston fan. And he happens to live in Sudbury. And it's like, okay, you know, that's cool, whatever, in the outskirts of Boston, whatnot. Mm -hmm. But interestingly enough, he not only lives in Sudbury, he lives on the farm that was previously owned by Babe Ruth. Whoa. Whoa. And weirdly enough, that same day, the Yankees lost horribly in their team history. 22 to zero at a home game against the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. So it's like, not only did they lose, they lost horribly on this day. Wow. I'm shipping it. I love it. Yeah. Yep. 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 And so people like kind of thought to themselves, could this be the thing that broke the curse? Like, was it Gavin who lifted the curse by offering, you know, kind of like a blood sacrifice, if you will, because he lived on Babe Ruth's farm to the baseball god. I don't know. <laughs> but weirdly enough, in a final cosmic sign, the Red Sox celebrated their first championship in 86 years. So they ended up winning in 2004, this same year where this ball got hit mm-hmm. by Lee Gavin. And it was during a lunar eclipse, which is, I don't want to say it's wicked rare, but like, it's not, it doesn't happen all the time, you know? Mm-hmm, and you sure. have to be at the right angle and all this stuff <laughs> sure. in which a crimson moon floated in the sky. And some might argue just like a bloodstained baseball. <gasps> Chills. <laughs> chills so again 2004 the losing streak of not winning the world series ended and what's crazy about this was the story of how they even got to go to the world series so they had to win the american league first so they were competing against the yankees the red sox had lost the first three games right and again you need to win seven games or sorry they play in seven games it's best out of four so the Red Sox ha- were pretty much on the way to sh- sweep the Red Sox. They were going to, all they need to do was win one more game. Like that was it. And the Red Sox ended up winning all four. They had to win all four in order to go into the World Series. And they did that. And to this day, they're the first and only MLB team to make such a comeback. And wow. they won against the Cardinals. Yep. And won in a four game sweep. So they sweeped again, you know, just to give you like the chills. The final out was of Edgar Renteria, who happened to wear the same number as Babe Ruth. Wow. <laughs> Just so crazy. So crazy. And okay, this is where I wanted to tie back to the movie Holes because we got Madam, what's her name? Zeroni. And remember, it's like, she was like, okay, your ancestors have to, you know, complete the task or whatever. And we have this kid, Lee Gavin, who lives on the farm owned by Babe Ruth. And is like, is he kind of the child above in this slash... <laughs> Oh, what's the other actor's name? I can't remember what his name is. But, you know, bringing him up the hill. His character name is Zero. Zero, yep. So good. But, Shannon, we got a lot of questions we got to go through, okay? Do we think that the Curse of the Bambino was real? Like, where's your tinfoil hat on that? Of course, it's on my head. It's 
it's a fact locked and loaded yeah yeah it's locked and loaded how about you I think it's in like a coordination stage oh okay yeah I don't know there's something that doesn't like give me like a locked and loaded but I do think that it's very 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 possible there's just too many coincidences Elena. They, there's no it's such so thing freaky. as a coincidence I'm... there's a lot of things I know so interesting okay okay but what about the boy Lee Gavin do you think he had any part in lifting the curse oh yeah locked and loaded on my head I know Lee I Gavin. kind of think so too so crazy like it has to be that's insane yeah it's like out of all the towns you know because really the Red Sox are like a New England team. Like you could be from Maine and be a fan of New Hampshire, Vermont or whatever, but like you're from Massachusetts, you're from this town and you lived on the farm that he once owned. Crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah the it had to sacrifice. be him. Yeah. I really hope. Well, actually, no, actually he's 16. Those are not baby teeth. He has two fake front teeth and teeth and he had to sacrifice those for the sake of the Red Sox. And I'm sure he's that probably happy about true. it, you know? That is so true. And I thought to myself, he has an amazing fun fact, you know? You can really bring that into a conversation, really get the party started. What a great starter combo. A fact you don't know about me is my teeth ended the curse of the Bambino. Wow. Yeah. Fun fact. You should really get more recognition than he gets. There should be a statue for him. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, but do you think it was a coincidence or do you think it was all part of a greater plan? This curse was, it was a thing. It was most certainly a thing. It was all part of a greater plan. Ruth yeah. was mad. It. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think if the Yankees have won after 2004 because the Red Sox did really well. They actually won a couple times. Um, I don't know. They did end up winning in 2009. Okay, so they haven't not won after that, but it has been a while. Yeah, only one. Mm. Yeah, and the Red Sox have won a bunch of times. And I remember one in 2013, and I think one kind of recently, right? Yes, 2013 and in 2007 and 2018. So they've had quite a bit. We're doing well. Yeah, interesting stuff. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that. And let us know if you're into the sports stuff. You know, there's definitely a lot of interesting sports conspiracies, weird coincidences, question mm. mark, question mark. We don't question know mark, until we investigate. So if you have any suggestions, let us know. We would love to hear it um, through Instagram. So follow us at Bare Roots Pod, B-A-R-E. And be sure to give us a five-star review. Tell us how you're feeling about the pod and be sure to share. Tell everyone to listen to us, Bare Roots, on any platform that you listen to, whether it's Apple or Spotify, whatever you choose, we're probably there. So thank you all so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.